In a social media climate where we're craving connection and relatability more than ever, finding ways to connect with our audience should be top priority, and storytelling is one of the best ways to do this. You've likely heard this term, but do you really understand what the heck it means? When I first heard of storytelling, I thought, okay, so I'm supposed to tell a story within every video talking about the subject that I want to cover, right? And it is that simple, but it also doesn't need to be that rigid. The video doesn't have to be you actually telling a story front to back. It's more about bringing your audience on a journey. Get them intrigued, tell them how it's done, and tell them how it ends or what they'll get. That is a story right there. You're really selling the idea or concept by telling a relatable story that takes your viewer on an experience. I'm Kristen Busquet, and I've been a full-time creator for over three years, and I've brought in over $350,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence and creativity into a profitable, self-sustaining business. This week, we're here with Sky Garcia, a social media coach and strategist who uses her expertise to help creators and entrepreneurs grow their community, following, and business. Today, we're diving into storytelling full force. What are the key elements of storytelling in a piece of content? How is it beneficial for creators? And why does it work so well? We're giving you the scoop on all things storytelling within your content. This, my biz BFF, is Social Scoop. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 51 of Social Scoop Podcast. My name is Kristen, and as always, I'm so excited that you're here. I'm even more excited this week because if you are part of our private monthly creator membership, you are getting so many great new resources this week. So we've got new resources coming to you as well as an exclusive podcast episode that all of our members get for free as part of our creator membership. The other great thing that's happening in our membership this week is on Thursday, we're having our live monthly call where all of us creators get together on a Zoom call and just talk about everything that we're dealing with, all of the struggles that we're going through as creators, and help each other through all of it. So if you're not part of our monthly creator membership yet, make sure that you sign up down in the link below so that you can get in on all of these new resources, new podcast episodes, brand deal opportunities, and come to our live event on Thursday. Now, we've got a lot of news to cover this week, so let's go ahead and dive right into it. First things first, Instagram officially announces the new creator portfolio showcase option. So if you've been listening in the last few weeks, you know that this is something that we've seen in testing. We've heard a lot of speculation about it, but Instagram has officially announced that it is coming. So this enables creators to build what is essentially a media kit type package in order to showcase their audience reach as well as previous brand work. This is something that's going to be built directly into Instagram so you don't have to have a separate media kit to pitch yourself to brands through Instagram. Now, I personally don't have this feature yet, but if you check the link in the show notes, you can actually see a little bit more about what this is going to look like. And as soon as we get more information on what this will actually look like or when we do actually have it, I will absolutely let you guys know. I'm really excited about this one, so we'll see when we all get it. TikTok has announced a new partnership with Linktree. Now, obviously, we know that TikTok provides us with a spot to share a link, but it typically is only one link where a lot of creators actually will link to a platform where they can share multiple links. So basically, this will provide TikTok creators with more referral link options, and it'll be directly integrated into their TikTok profile, hopefully helping to drive more traffic from the app. This news comes from Social Media Today, so I'm going to read you a little quote to give you a little bit more information. While you've been able to add Linktree links into your TikTok bio since forever, the newly integrated Linktree offering will provide more options, including the capacity to log into your TikTok account via Linktree and display up to six videos in your Linktree display. Creators will also be able to display the latest or most popular videos that they've posted, or hand-select the videos that they want to display within their link in bio. So this is actually an elevated link in bio compared to a lot of the ones that we have seen that we can use as creators. This one will actually allow you to embed TikTok videos into it and change which videos are going to be kind of featured on your link whenever you like. So 
this is a really cool thing if you are a TikTok creator to kind of get more content out there in your link, get more clicks on those videos, and obviously be able to display a bunch of different links just like you typically can in a link tree. Also, TikTok is officially rolling out TikTok Pulse. Now, I have not personally been invited to this program, but a bunch of people sent it to me. I did my research, and I'm going to give you guys the scoop on what this actually is and if slash how you can actually take part in it. So TikTok Pulse was officially revealed in May of this year, but it didn't actually go live until very recently. So this is an ad revenue sharing program. We've kind of heard what YouTube is going to be doing early 2023, and this seems to be a version that TikTok is releasing. So creators who qualify and join will earn 50% of the ad revenue. Now, the requirements to actually join this program, you must have at least 100,000 followers, at least five videos posted in the last 30 days, and be at least 18 years old. Now, the way that you'll earn ad revenue, the video that plays before the ad will receive credit for the revenue. So even if the person doesn't watch your video all the way through, as long as you are the video directly before the ad, you will receive credit for that revenue, which is really cool. I'm not exactly sure if you get paid per click, paid per purchase, paid per view. This is something I'm still a little confused on. And as I don't have 100,000 followers on TikTok, I don't actually have access to this. So if anyone has any more details on that and gets invited to the program, definitely let me know. I have a few friends who sent this over to me that I'm assuming they're going to be joining this program. So once I get more information, I will absolutely let you guys know. Kind of a small TikTok update, but I think it's worth mentioning. TikTok is testing the ability to create a group chat. I feel like this is a perfect thing for TikTok because so many times I have a group chat with my friends where I'm sending them a video from TikTok because I want, you know, multiple of my friends to see this video. So you'll actually be able to go into your messaging inbox and you'll see a little icon in the corner. It will say invite friends to join a group chat. Obviously, like I said, this is just a test right now, but once it actually is live, you'll be able to click on that, invite your friends, and then create that group chat and, you know, send all of the funny videos to your group chat, which is really cool. So if you listened to last week's episode, you know that I talked about creator challenges. So I kind of explained that I wasn't a fan as it felt like it was kind of preying on creators who didn't really know much about usage rights. Now, a creator who was part of this program actually agreed to get on a call with me and kind of give me the scoop on what this whole creator challenges thing really is and what it's like to be part of this program. So anonymously, I wanted to kind of share a little bit more about what this person told me. So here's what you need to know. The program right now is invite only, and it seems like it's going to stay invite only, but they will start inviting more and more creators. Right now, there's only about 300, 350 creators actively in this program. So each week, you receive 10 spots to apply for gigs. Now, one gig is one spot. So essentially, this means that you'll be able to apply for 10 different campaigns each week. Now, each gig or each campaign has specific requirements and pay rates. So the example that I was given is that a video that gets 400,000 views might land you maybe $800 to $900, while one that gets you 3 million views might only land you $500 or $600. So every single brand has a different pay scale on how they pay out creators that are part of this program. Now, when you are actually looking at the different brands and looking at the different campaigns, you'll be able to see how much money that they've made on the videos that have been accepted and actually are running as ads through this brand. So you can look at a brand and say, wow, a lot of these creators are making a ton of money. This is a brand that would probably also make me a ton of money. But my source did say that a lot of the brands pay really low. So some of them it's not even really worth creating for because you're not going to make a legitimate amount of money, whereas some of the brands pay super, super well. However, there are wait lists for each brand. So a lot of the brands that very clearly pay better have longer wait lists for you to actually get accepted into their campaign. And so from there, you kind of just have to wait for the good brands. But once you have more kind of street cred, once you've done more campaigns with brands, you get off the wait list a lot quicker. So it's a little bit slow when you're first starting. But as you gain momentum, it gets easier and easier to get into different campaigns with brands. 
Now, once you're accepted into a gig, you have seven days to submit that ad for acceptance. TikTok gives you any notes if there are changes to be made. And then once it's approved by TikTok, they send it to the advertiser for final approval. Once they approve it, they can start running it as an ad. And just to note here, this is something I talked about last week, you are giving the brand full usage rights. So paid usage rights, organic usage rights, all of the things. So they can actually use this with a lot of money behind and your your video is going to get pumped out to a ton of people depending on how much money that they're putting behind each video. So when I saw this the problem that I had was that I don't know how much I'm going to be making per campaign ever until it actually starts to perform and the other thing is again so many brands pay so differently so it's a lot of trial and error of you working hard to create these videos and who knows what you're actually going to get back so that's the problem that i had with it this creator though has been part of the program for a few months now and they told me what they're making every month and i guys i was literally floored it's way more than i would have asked for for something like, you know, usage rights or paid usage rights. So this creator literally makes what some people make in an entire year at their nine to five jobs in literally one or two months. So this program is very legitimate. This creator told me how much they made every month since they started and the the number has just gone up and up and up. So again, I think the longer you're in it, the more momentum that you gain, the better it is. But at first, you're probably going to be doing a little bit of work for maybe not a lot of money, which is kind of frustrating. But when I heard the numbers of what she was making, I was like, I almost feel like I would be okay with a slow start. So I'm still on the fence. I might try it out and just see how it goes. But I just feel like I'm so busy right now that I'm not sure that I have the time to dedicate to creating stuff that I don't know how much money I'm going to get paid for it. And so that's where I'm running into an issue right now. So after you listen to this, let me know, like get your thoughts together and tell me in the DMs, send me a DM on Instagram. Should I try this program out and let you guys know how it goes? Or do you think it's not worth my time? I'm kind of 50-50. So I would love some help. If you guys aren't in our Facebook community yet, this is the place to connect with other creators. If you have any other questions or want to bounce ideas off of other creators, our free Facebook community has over 800 influencers and creators in it. It is popping every single day of the week. So you can join in the show notes that are down below. And I hope to see you guys in the group. Without further ado, let's get into this conversation all about storytelling with my friend Sky. All right, guys, I'm so excited for today's episode because what we're going to talk about today, I think is something that every creator hears about and like you're processing it, but you're not maybe fully processing it. Like maybe you don't exactly know what it means and how you can utilize it. So we're going to dive deep into storytelling today. And I'm here with Sky, who has so much knowledge on this. So Sky, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Of course. Okay. So for people listening who aren't familiar with you and your content yet, just give us the rundown. Who are you? What do you do? Give us all the tea. I'm Sky. So um, I'm also known as Manage by Sky on socials. I'm a social media coach and strategist. I started on TikTok when I like built my own brand, but I've actually been in social media for like five or six years now. Um, the reason I wanted to talk about storytelling today is because I wanted to go into film. So I wanted to be an editor. And as an editor, even if a story is laid out for you, you fully have to know how to bring out emotion in people. Yeah. And I think that that was something that was so intriguing for me and it was challenging. And so when I ended up wanting to go into social media versus just simply video editing. I saw it as such a good opportunity for people to showcase their story or even just within a piece of content. So that's kind of like, you know, why I even got into social media. Why TikTok was my like perfect formula was because it was video and it was social media together. And the one thing I had to put together was the fact that I had to be in front of the camera to tell people how to do things. So that was the most challenging thing. But it was definitely super exciting to have this platform grow. And now I'm expanding to YouTube and I feel like channeling my inner like 12 year old that wanted to have a YouTube <laughs> yes. channel when I was younger. But I just love teaching people about social media and like other ways that they can continue to, you know, grow theirs and get their message out there or even just like be able to work from home if that's what they want to do. Whatever they want to do for to follow yes. their dreams as creators, that's what I love to help them do. Yeah, it's such a cool like, 
feeling as a coach to be able to like watch people you know you're just giving them the information they do with it what they will and then it's so cool for you to see like the success stories of people that get to quit their jobs and all that like I I love that feeling it's so cool exactly or even when people comment like I don't even know them I even coach them personally but like they watch my content just simply and I'm like oh my gosh that makes me so I take screenshots (laughs) all the time I'm like oh my gosh it makes me so happy (laughs) I love it so okay I want to hear actually before we dive into this tell us like about how you started your TikTok like um did you go through any like trial and error when you were first starting to make videos and like how did you find what was working for you because I mean you've been able to grow like a a really great audience and everything so Mm -hmm. I'm curious like how you got from point A to point B basically yeah so I when I first started I actually started on Instagram and I was going to just be a simply a social media manager because I had already been managing people's socials locally and so I was just changing it to like the virtual aspect and being able to like accept more clients and so that's what I was going to do first and then like I honestly filled up really quick my schedule because again, I already knew how to market myself as a social media manager considering I was doing it in person. And so I was like, okay, well, I can help people kind of understand the social media manager job because COVID had just happened and people weren't mm. didn't have jobs again. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to help people become social media managers if that's what they want to do. So my first course, like I ran live, was actually like to teach social media managers. I still to this day keep up with them. They all, I think the majority of them work from home are social media managers now, but I realized that's not really what I want. I didn't want to do like the business aspect too much of it. I wanted to do the creative side and like help just creators or like business owners who wanted to start creating content. So I switched probably when I hit like, I would say 10,000 followers. So it wasn't that big at the time because I started in 2021, which like, mm-hmm. I mean, it was easier back in the day to get followers. Like, I mean, that's just reality. Yeah. And <laughs> there were less people on that. And so, you know, I was able to pivot and then I started talking about social media tips and all of that good stuff. And then I all of a sudden like saw a lot of transitions happening, like transitions in terms of like actual video transitions. And I was like, Oh, like I know how to do this because I wanted to be a video editor. Like this is... I can pick this apart in seconds. And so I just found what worked for me. And that's how I kind of built built my credibility was like, okay, here's how to do these videos. But in between those videos, I was educating people on like what to do. And I did use a lot of trends in the beginning because I was so scared to talk on camera. Like it was terrifying for me. And (laughs) so I did have to overcome that fear, you know, and stuff. And it was definitely hard because I would say around 150,000 followers, I really decided to pivot to no more like transition tutorials and like, no more about trends or anything and really just strictly like talking videos. And it was intimidating first of all, but I would say like that was my biggest like pivot in my business or in my TikTok that I was kind of scared to do because I was like, this works. Like I'm like leaving what works right now. And it was scary and I had to like plan it, you know, I'm a planner. And so I like had to like plan out my schedule on like what I was going to post. And it was very upsetting at first, you know, just because like, we're so used to the instant gratification, especially when I already had success on the platform and like to see people not really like understand quite yet. But when I have like a video, you know, do well, then people started to understand, Oh, okay. I see like, she's more than just a tutorial girl, you know, and stuff. And so, and that's what I was seeing is like the people that were, I was bringing in when I was just doing tutorials were like, just wanted just, they wanted that instant gratification only when I was coaching them. And so I was like, well, there's much more to social media. Like, you know, like we're going to, you know, there's a lot more to it. And so I saw ever since I started talking on camera, I'm really giving more education and getting deeper with it that everybody that I kind of like target or that even comes to me now is ready. You know, like they're like, they understand they're not right. just looking for the quick trend, quick viral. But I would say like, there is a lot of trial and error I went through, you know, and I, I saw what worked and then I was like, okay, but we, I don't really like what worked, you know, so I had to pivot it, but like yeah. slowly. And that's why the plan, I had to make a plan because I was like, okay, maybe I'm not gonna post five tutorials a week, but I'm gonna post two and I'm gonna sprinkle in my talking videos, you know, like yeah. trying to make that like alignment and then to try to gradually bring an audience over. But I mean, just because it was six, I was successful and had 150,000 followers didn't mean that what I was going to do was going to be successful, which was like scary, but it was a challenge. And I think right. is what brought me here today. And I'm able even to help people do that same thing and but like uh, pivot their niche, you know, or pivot yes. what they're talking about and become an expert and a go-to person rather than just a viral creator. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's such a great point for creators or small business owners, entrepreneurs, like anyone who's going into any sort of business on their own to to remember like typically what you do first 
is going to end up transitioning maybe into something that's more sustainable for you or something Mm -hmm. that your audience responds better to. Like, it's usually not like what you first start off with that you end up sticking with forever. Exactly. And funny enough, I actually even wanted to do fitness in the beginning. Like that was actually my first thing before I even, and that's what I started. That's what I started with. And I like quickly changed up because you kind of like find out what you're actually passionate about when you start creating it. Because when it starts to feel draining and not just because like you have to make a video, but when like just the content itself, even editing it, you're like, yep, like I can't do this. That's when you know, like it's time to make a shift somewhere. You got to figure it out. Yeah, it has to be sustainable or else you're never going to keep up with it. And then you're not keeping up with it. So nothing's (laughs) happening. And then you're just disappointed. Like it is like, it's a whole cycle that you go through. So I think it's so important for creators to like, when you have an idea, just like do it, go for it, see what happens. It's not going to be perfect. It's probably not going to be what sticks, but you're going to learn from that and find out what does work and what again, like can be sustainable for you. So going into it with an open mind, I think is very important for anyone who's going honestly into any type of of business or freelance world. Yeah, exactly. It's not like it's not like going to school to be a doctor, then you're going to be a doctor, you know, like it's it's yeah, it's very it's a lot more complex than that. I mean, I guess you could say it's even like you don't know what field you're going to end up in as a doctor, like you're going to medical. So what what field, you know, and stuff. And it's like, right, okay, same. I'm going in as a creator, but I don't know exactly where I'm going to end up at, you know, and it could change at any point. Yeah, you have to be flexible and roll with the punches. That's for sure. And I think, you know, if you're similar to me, you said you were a planner. Like if you are any sort of like type A control freak, I think that's a really difficult thing to do is just like let the things happen the way they're supposed to happen. Exactly. Because I'm like, well, no, I went in trying to do this. This is what I'm going to do. And it's very like frustrating to let go of that. But I think it's very important. It gets you where you're supposed to be, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, okay, let's dive into storytelling. First of all, let's let's just start off with super basics. Like, what is storytelling? Give us, like, a very basic definition. Storytelling is just a way to get your message across. At the end of the day, it could be everything from how your product was made, if you're a business owner, or if you have a product-based business. It could be how you started your... Con- what we just went over. What, what, how, what yeah. did your content creation journey start up at? Or how did you even become interested in what you're creating content about? But it's really just, again, a way to get your message across with like a certain format of like beginning, middle and end, you know, like you're, or you start with the end and then you get to how you got there. You know, like you're just have a certain format, the way that you follow. It's not necessarily hard, but it's just structured in a term that's going to bring out an emotion in somebody, or it's going to make somebody just feel something, whether that's angry, happy, sad, you just want to bring out emotion. And there's no better way to do that than storytelling. Even if you don't realize that you're doing it, you're more than likely storytelling if you're bringing out an emotion. Yeah. I mean, that's actually a really great point. Like it's not necessarily something that has to like tell a a story where it's like, okay, this is what happens. And then, you know, this is the happy ending, you know, like it, it really can be any kind of story. Like you can feel any sort of way when you're done. But I think the point is that like, it does bring out something in you. Like you can find something relatable in this piece of content to where like, you understand like, again, where it starts and where it could finish. And you Mm -hmm. can somehow like relate to that or, or again, like get some sort of emotion out of that. Or you're intrigued enough to know what happens next, you know, like, or you're bringing out that like kind of curiosity in somebody like, you know, before the, our longer form content was even on TikTok, how many times did we watch part one, two, three, four, five of like somebody telling a story, you know, like that's really what storytelling comes into. We want to be able to like engage people and make them curious even. Right. Yeah. And I think like when I, when this whole term of like storytelling was first coming around, I used to always be like, but like, I don't want to tell like a story. Cause when I think of like telling a story, I think of like, okay, so this happened. I went to the grocery store and then when I was there, this happened. And then like, when I got home, you know what I mean? Like you're actually feeling like you're telling your friend a story, but I was having trouble being like, well, in every piece of content, like I don't want to tell a story, but like, how can Mm -hmm. I, do I have to, you know what I mean? But I think you have to almost like think of storytelling, like a little bit looser than what you might think of like what you learned in English class of telling a story of like, I went here, (laughs) I did this, this is what happened. I think like sometimes that it can just look so many different ways that like you have to almost break the kind of like structure of what you have in your head of exactly what a story told looks like. Yeah. It can be so different. And storytelling doesn't even have to be your story. Like I think that's what people think they get so stressed out about, but it's like, 
if I was telling people like what TikTok is about and the potential of TikTok, I could say, imagine yourself like this, this, and this, like it's the imagination aspect or like even saying the things that can happen or telling stories that you right. know that have happened, but you don't have to tie it to a certain person or anything, but you're saying the possibilities, what can happen, what, you know, yeah. what, you know, your ideal audience is looking for, like what they're longing for. If you're putting those certain emotions and those certain keywords in there, they're going to understand and follow the story. It doesn't have to be exactly yours. Right. What would you say are the key elements to a like storytelling in a piece of content? Again, like, is there always like beginning, middle, end, or like, like what is kind of like the checklist of, of what that exactly looks like? Yeah. So I would say within content creation, it's a little, or like social media, it's a little bit different because we don't have as much time, whether it's not a movie, right. But yeah. you know, you're going to have some type of conflict in there somewhere. And that's really what's going to get the emotion out. Right. So if I'm telling you that I was able to quit my nine to five job, right. People are like, Oh, how? And I was able to, because I was so stressed that's going to bring out emotion in you. You usually want to start your story off with something like that is like how I did this to this, or like how so-and-so did this to this. You want to start off with that some type of conflict, and then you're going to get to the story aspect afterwards. Because instead of like a movie, and that's kind of like the setting of a movie, if we're thinking about it in the longer form content, like if we watch a movie, yeah. there's a setting. We understand the characters. We understand who they are and what they're doing and what, what we're going to get into. Sometimes like, have you ever seen a movie where they start off with the end? Like, this is how we ended up here. And like, now let's rewind, right. you know, like, so that's kind of how we do it. And then you're going to get to like, the process of getting there. And you're going to have to go through, you want to like bring people along the trial and error with you and not leave out the mistakes that you made, not leave out the, you know, even just like the bad parts, the bad parts are what makes it so emotional. Sometimes if we're going with like a, a good ending or a happy ending, because if you're just saying like, I did everything right the whole way. And if you're like, okay, that's not <laughs> <Okay>. relatable, <laughs> but that's the yeah. key thing. I think with storytelling rather than certain parts, like beginning, middle, middle and end, it's the relatability to your audience. And so like, on a mass scale with movies, that's very difficult. It's why they take so long to write script and everything. But with our yeah. content, we know our audience enough to know what's relatable to them and how we can be relatable. And we just have to be our authentic self at the end of the day with the way that we're storytelling. So I think authenticity, you know, conflict and relatability are going to be the three key components that you need to think about within your story. You bring up another great point too there by saying like, we know what our audience wants to see. And I think that that almost, again, like I think a lot of creators are there, but I think a lot of creators don't know what their audience wants to see. And like, that's a key aspect of being successful, I think, in social media with growth or monetization yeah. or whatever it is. Because like, if you don't know who you're talking to, how are you supposed to talk to them, like in a you way know, that they're going to enjoy, you know, I agree. And when I start with anybody that's brand new to content creation, a lot of the times, the reason that you're starting something is because you wish you had, I mean, I feel like a lot of the times I see this pattern. It's like, you wish you had yourself when you were four years ago or something, right. you know? So I think about that and I kind of like, even when I'm storytelling and I find a hard time with it is I'm like, okay, think about like sky six years ago when you were just getting into your business or like even yeah. wanting to start a business in your head what emotion would have, what emotion would you want to feel? Like, how would you want to feel connected with somebody? And sometimes you have to like really think within yourself. And even if it's like, you just have to think about yourself two years ago, or even just a month ago, right. like sometimes you, like, even if you're having certain types of like, me like mental health issues, and then like, after you come out of it, you're able to tell that story, but you want to see what message would I have liked to have heard when I was going through that, right? It doesn't have to be a story of yeah. years ago, but you know, something like that, you have to think about yourself at times when you don't have anybody to think of or anybody to tie this emotion to, just tie it to yourself. Like what message would I have liked to hear? I actually read that right. in, um, what is it called? There's a book, it's like Steal Like an Artist, actually. And it was oh, like, okay. you know, you're always writing like a narrative for yourself. Like you're always talking to yourself or the advice that you're giving constantly to people is something that you wish you would you would have loved to hear because like right. how I mean honestly when we were starting our journey like wouldn't it have been nice to have somebody kind of walking us literally it like nothing this? <laughs> yeah <laughs> we had so nothing <laughs> no we didn't and so I think that that's definitely the the case with storytelling is if you don't feel like you're talking to anybody and you feel lost and you're like I don't have this person to attach it to or to say like they're this old going through this think about yourself yeah. at some point in your life. What have you, what would you want to see on TikTok? What would you want to see on Instagram? What do you want to represent? You know, like that's what I want you to think of. Okay. Yes. I, I literally love everything you said. And I can <laughs> like see people listening to this being like, man, wow. Cause like, it's, it's an interesting perspective. Like, again, I think sometimes people don't like 
step back. Like sometimes we get too deep into what we're doing that we don't step back and think of it like this. Yeah. I was taking notes as you were talking about like a couple of things I wanted to, to bring up. First of all, so I am in this podcast mentorship program where they're basically, you know, they're teaching me about logistics of like running a successful podcast. And one thing that they had us do when we first started was they had me say, okay, like, who's this podcast going to be for? Obviously, like, okay, creators who blank and blank, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so when I went through that, I figured out this is who this podcast is for. I had to interview 12 different people who were creators who blank and blank. And so what he had us... That's so smart. It was so eye-opening. And what was really cool was that I got to... I asked them all the same questions and I got to see the similarities between all of their answers. And he basically taught us this thing called like primal language. And I don't know if you've like heard of this before, but Mm -hmm. basically it was where like everything that they would say, we recorded these interviews so I could listen to their actual words. Mm -hmm. And the way that they were saying what their problems were, I was pulling keywords of how they were saying it. 100%. That's how I even tell like some some of my clients that have like calls with like if they have sales calls or anything, I'm like, you need to look back at the why, like, you know, what they're saying consistently, just like we say in socials with like, if something's not working, look at patterns of what worked. Right. Same thing. You are always, you're always looking for patterns. Like, and that's what you need to look with keywords. Like right. you need to use, the, if you're using that language, they feel like you're so much more connected with them. Exactly. You cannot even be telling a story. And they're like, oh my gosh, this piece of content was directed towards me, came up my for you page. Exactly. This read my mind. You want somebody to feel like that. Like yep. the algorithm read their mind and that you came up and you're just like this angel that just answered yeah. all my questions. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I love it. I think it, that was like such an eye-opening experience for me. And I really learned how to talk to my audience in a way that, again, they could look at it and be like, oh my gosh, like this is perfect for me. Like I, I'm so excited to watch this or wow, she's talking right to me because I was mm-hmm. literally using like the exact wording that they were using when they were talking about their struggles. Other thing I wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. kind of like backing it up a little bit to knowing your audience and everything. Curious to get your opinion. This is like a very highly debated question. Do you feel like you need to have a niche? Because I'm thinking about, you know, you need to know who your target audience is. Typically, if you have a specific target audience, it's because they're there, you know, to see what you're posting within a specific topic. So what's your opinion on niches? I teach niches for the reason of it keeps structure. So like, you know, we talk about Mm -hmm. us being planners and like very type A and organized. I needed that structure in the beginning of my content creation journey. And that's because I I it made it work for me. That's why I was able to grow at the scale I was able to and continuously do that to this moment. And I mean, I think that yes, feel your passions, feel your creativity, whatever it is. And like, this should be your passion though. Like at the end of the day, you shouldn't pick a niche of something you're not passionate about. But if you're like, I just feel like I'm not being authentic. I'm not including things. That's why I love, I still do love platforms like Instagram because I feel like it is, it gives you the ability to be more authentic in that sense of like show your daily life without like it being weird to post on TikTok. But I kind of go by the 80, 20 rule. There is like 80% niche, 20% other stuff, you know, and Instagram is a little bit different because stories I truly can feel like can be like other stuff a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. But I mean, simply with TikTok, you know, or just like, I guess, like feed posts versus and reels is like, just try to stick to that because it doesn't mean that your audience doesn't want to know. But also in the beginning of a content creation journey, if you're brand new, you still have to get people to care for some reason. You know, like I have 200,000 followers and I'm sure if I post something about my life now versus when I did in the beginning, people will be like, okay, in the beginning, they shrug their shoulders. But now they're like, yeah. Oh, okay, like, I want to see this, you know, right. And I know it's it's such a psychological thing. But you just have to think like, why would somebody care about you when they don't know anything about you versus yep. if you have a niche, you've been teaching them, they're following along with your journey, they trust you, they're credible. Then if you tell them about your life, they're much more likely to care. Yeah. And so then you can exactly. end up pivoting in the future if you want to, you know, like we're talking about like making changes, you know, don't be like, oh, I'm stuck here forever. But I think a lot of people put themselves in a box with a niche because they think they can only post one type of content right. always 24 seven, but just get the message across like that. You're trying to tell your audience. I just made a video about this, about like vlogs. I'm like, you can make a vlog, but just include that you're a business owner. You can make a vlog, but just include right. that you're a social media manager. Just be like, here's a day in life, a social media manager instead of here's a day in the life, you know, like 
that's that's the slight this random check yeah right here's there's a slight difference and like you know maybe you're relating with other people that are social media managers and they can understand like oh yeah like i do that too or like that's my daily life too like you're trying to relate with somebody to an extent if they don't know anything about you there's nothing to relate to exactly i have like a a very similar perspective on niches. Like, I don't think it's 100% mandatory for everyone that they have, like, one word that they can describe. Like, I am a fashion influencer. I am a beauty influencer. Sometimes there's not just one word that explains it all. Yeah. But what I always tell people is, like, as long as you have, like, a clear messaging or a clear mission statement that says, I'm creating this type of content, you know, for this type of person so they can feel this sort of way or whatever it is. But like, as long as it's all under the same umbrella, I don't think you need to have one specific word. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's impossible for everyone. But as long as you have consistent value, I guess. I agree. With what you're creating so that people know that they can come to you for that topic. You start to become a go-to person. Then that's how you start to grow and build this community of people who value what you're talking about. Because if you're talking about 50 different things, how are they supposed to know like, okay, today she's talking about this. Well, I don't want to follow her for this. Or like, that's not what I came here for, you know? Well, and then they start swiping past your videos and because you're working with an algorithm at the end of the day, you know, like they're swiping past your videos and they're like, oh, well, we shouldn't show that content as much. And then you're like, well, why? And it's like, because it's not clear. Like if there's no understanding to this person or to this algorithm or the person. So I really like what you said, like, you know, in terms of like, you have to have a value in mind that's like consistent within it. And being the go-to person is like, you can be the go-to person and somebody's having a bad day. Like that's it. Like you bring happiness and light and laughter. That could be, you're the go-to person for that. Somebody's like, or they're just like at night, they just want to have a quick laugh or in the morning, like they go check out a video of yours. It doesn't have to be so linear of like, I am teaching them this. No, (laughs) just bring entertainment too. Right, exactly. No, I I completely agree. I love it. So working our way back to storytelling, (laughs) why do you feel like storytelling works so well for like short form social media content? think it's attention grabbing, you know, like at the end of the day, like, you know, attention is money at this point. Mm, like, if, yeah. you know, because our, our, what do you call it? Attention spans. Attention span. what, yeah. They're like, they're, I mean, what I think it went down to seven to eight seconds now, you know? So it's like Wild. a story. If we're going to sit, like we still watch movies, we still watch shows, you know, like, and we can sit down and watch something for that long. A story is going to do wonders with even a shorter form piece of content. And I would, I mean, obviously even YouTube is shorter than a movie or a show, right? Right. And so if you have a clear story of what you're trying to get across, because music does this, movies do this, TV shows do this, commercials do this, you can do it within your content. I always like like to compare storytelling. And this is going back to our Apple conversation before this, like Apple. I love their commercials and their advertisements because it just tells a full on story. Google, how how many times during the Super Bowl? Have we seen a Google commercial? And like, I've teared up, you know, because I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, right. I'm connect- you know, like those Super Bowl commercials are such great examples of storytelling. They can do it in 30 seconds or less. You can do it in 30 seconds or less. I know they have a team, right. but dissect those things that they're doing. And they're like painting this story for you with a simple image at times, you know, a simple image. Like I think there was one where there was a picture of an older couple and it zoomed out and that was it. But that told a whole entire story yeah. with showing that right. first clip. You know, so I think, again, like attention is money. So you really have to think of it as like people are more likely to follow a story in the beginning. Or even if you're giving education, you're painting a picture for them in the beginning of how this information is going to help them succeed or how this information is going to help them feel better or this advice is going to help them get over a breakup, you know, and then you're giving them the education. Like it doesn't have to be the whole piece of content is beginning, middle and end, but possibly just using that storytelling aspect in the beginning and then teaching them something and then wrapping it all together in a perfect bow. Like, okay, now that you know this, you can go do this, you know, or like now that you know this, you can implement these things and your life can be just like I talked about in the beginning, you know? So I think that that's really what best marketing does. And we see it not only in TikTok, but so many other pieces of marketing all over the place. And so TikTok and social media or Instagram isn't any different. Like we can definitely implement those processes here too. Yeah, absolutely. You had mentioned a little bit just now, but also previously how some videos would start with the ending of the story being like, (laughs) this is how whatever, or like, wow, look at how I ended up here. And then you go through the story with what you've experimented with, with again, like starting with the middle 
or starting with the beginning and going to the end versus starting with the end and then telling the story, do you find that one works better than the other or kind of the same? I would say kind of the same, but I feel like if I say any more than one, it is the ending in the beginning. So like how I got from here to here, it's kind of like that resolution in the beginning because it gives people hope and it gives people like want to listen to the whole thing. Because sometimes I feel like if you start with the beginning, somebody doesn't end up understanding the whole story at times. It's like if we were to literally walk out of a movie midway, we wouldn't understand like why what happened happened. It's like, you know, everything happens for a reason. That's a good phrase to think of this as is like, if everything happens for a reason, you don't get to that reason, then you're not going to understand it. Right. So same with a story. So you're kind of giving somebody that reason, that resolution in the beginning. I really think YouTube videos do this well for the reason of like, have you ever seen like in the beginning, they talk about, they're like, this is the most cool. This is the coolest thing I ever opened, but they don't show you the product. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I have to get to that part of the video. So like, even if it's not the very end, it's probably towards like the seven, eight minute mark. So they're going to keep you watching. And so they kind of like pull one clip out. That's the most exciting part, like some of the climax or the resolution and they put it in the beginning and then they make you watch the whole thing. Yeah. So similarly with, you know, short form content or shorter form content, you can do that same thing. But again, you could really just depends on that hook in the beginning. If you're going to tell beginning to end in that format is like, how are you going to get your audience to engage within that story and make them want to listen? And that becomes like storytelling tactics and skills throughout the, the video. If you're like simply just talking to a camera, you know, I would recommend using visuals instead. If you're like, I don't know how to tell a story properly or like, yeah. or you feel kind of like intimidated by the storytelling aspect, it's so much easier to tell it when you lay out pictures or photos or something like that. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this takes me through the journey. Right. So, I mean, if you're just starting, I mean, if you just want to do beginning to end, you're like, I don't know what part my audience would like that, like best, then just find pictures that represent these certain things or like tell like what helped you and then pull a photo of that. And you can talk right. about that and it helps you elaborate a little bit more and keep you on track rather than being like, wait, I went here and I'm, I'm all over the place all the time when I like lay (laughs) things out, you know? So I'm like, okay, I need to put this piece here and this piece here for it to make sense. But photos are really good way or videos to keep you on track in a story. Yeah, that green screen feature, I think is, (laughs) I always, especially on TikTok, when I scroll through videos that have the green screen, I don't know what it is about it, but like, it almost always makes me stop because I'm like, okay, what are they about to show me? You know what I mean? Like, yes. you know, like it's something right there. It's not just going to be like them talking to the camera, which again, like those are great videos too. But when you have like things changing and again, it keeps our attention when our attention spans are so low, like anything that's going to help get me excited and intrigued, I think is always going to be beneficial for getting people to actually watch through the whole video too. And feel more connected with you at the end of the story. Yeah. You know, it becomes like authentic at that point. And not that if you don't tell your story, you're not authentic, but people are more, people buy from people or people connect with people and their emotions. Yes. So if you're not storytelling in any aspect and people feel like you're very, you're very linear and just like, you know, just an image or a video on their screen. Right. You want them to know that there's depth to you and emotion. And you have to be a little bit vulnerable at times in order right. for people to feel that with you. Yeah, I mean, this is why there are so many brands on TikTok who they have like, you know, a mascot or they have one person that kind of represents the brand in all of their content. You're getting the story of like that person going through the business or that mascot, like showing around the office. (laughs) You're rooting for them. Yes, exactly. And like, it makes you want to watch more. It makes you feel more connected. Like, and it is at the end of the day, again, it's not you sitting down and saying, here's the beginning, middle and end, but it is telling a story. Like, this is how things work. This is how we got here. This is how we created this product, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, that makes it so much more relatable and you almost story tell without knowing it. Exactly. I've also heard, you know, or seen people even comment on my content. Like I've been here since like 10,000 people love being a part of the story too. Yes. You know, like they're like, they feel yeah. like they're in the movie, like they're a supporting character. So they see like, oh my gosh, this person's doing really well. Like I see even music, music artists, if you discover somebody, yeah. how many times like people think it's a flex, but they're like, Literally. I discovered them when they, when they weren't even big yet. Like that's what people want to be a part of, you know? So like yeah. connect with them in that level. And then they're going to be they're going to follow you for like the rest of time and they're going to be with you. They're going to be following your journey. Right. YouTubers, like how many YouTube, I mean, I still like look up YouTubers. I looked up when I was younger to see like, what are they up to? You want to create that audience that's curious right. about you later. You know, like what's Sky up to, you know, like, I don't know, let me go look her up. That's what you want to create. And that's what storytelling genuinely creates at the end of the day. 
I mean, I think this is why Instagram stories are what, like like the thing that <laughs> we wrong. go to. Yeah, like if you're going on to Instagram in in this day, I'm sure you're probably going straight to stories. Mm-hmm. I think that's just the reality of it. Like I almost never scroll through my feed anymore. I hate to say it. I'm over here complaining about like engagement and reach being so low, but like I go straight to stories and I know so many other people do too, but like it's just the place where you can again, you you feel related to you you feel like you're going along the process with that person like especially when you do things that's like okay guys should I do this or this yeah and then they help you make that decision and you go do it again like it is like you're part of of that process (laughs) they're shopping with you they're picking your whatever your creamer you like and you tell what you feel about like exactly the smallest things it doesn't have to be thought so like I need to have this heartfelt like go from A to B story. No, exactly. And that's like, you just really, really dumb it down. Like really think about it. Like I can think about it in something I can do today to story tell, even take them throughout your day. You know, like I went to the gym this morning. Yeah. Like it's so simple. Your your life is a story. You're living it every single day. Make it something, just make it bring out some type of emotion. Exactly. Yeah. I've been doing this for, I've been telling a story for over a year now, about a year and a half of planning my wedding. And so we're going to get to the wedding. Actually, by the time this goes live, I'll already have had my wedding. But basically, like when I share that content, it's going to probably do really well because so many people have helped me pick the flowers, helped me pick the arches, like talked to, talk to about mm-hmm. different food options that when we go, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, I, ha- yeah. I literally <laughs> planned this wedding with her. You know, like yeah, exactly. people want to be a part of it. It's, it's yes. definitely like, I think at the end of the day, like we just want to feel related to, and especially in, if you think about like old Instagram, where everyone who was an influencer was like, fabulous, rich, expensive, luxury Uh stuff that you could never touch, you know? And I think now we don't necessarily love that stuff because it just doesn't feel real. Like we want to feel related to. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And feel heard, you know, and that's what it makes people feel. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think especially in the last couple of years, there definitely has been this shift with like people just being more open about like, mental health and like, you know, self care and things like that. And it's, it's become so much more of like an open and honest space, which I think is so awesome. Like, oh my gosh, especially yeah. with TikTok. TikTok, I think is a huge reason why social media which, is, is what it is. It's truly like the authentic platform at this point. I feel like, you know, like, I feel like I go on there. Yeah. I was, I was just looking through videos yesterday, yesterday night, and I was hearing the most obscure stories. And like these people like on air, airplanes, this, but like, it was stuff that I've never seen on Instagram. Like I, w- you can't yeah. catch anybody talking about that stuff on Instagram. Even these same people wouldn't dare to post what they just posted on TikTok on Instagram. Literally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's honestly so crazy. I, I feel like it has just made people feel like so much more just like comfortable. You know, like it's yeah. it's less produced. And again, like I think that's what intimidated so many people on Instagram, like so many people probably wanted to be creators, but looked at like, oh, well, I can't be an influencer. Like I don't have this fabulous life. And like, I don't travel to all these fabulous places, you know, now like you can be an influencer, like literally with a bun, you know, on top of your head and your hoodie, you haven't showered and you're like, yeah, I'm an influencer. Like it's a totally different world. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like you can literally, like, I, I think about Charlie D'Amelio and stuff. Like I always like, I don't know, every couple of weeks, I'm just like, hmm, I wonder what they're up to. I don't, it's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. And so I mean, they had a whole show. <laughs> I know, literally it's crazy. So like you go watch their stuff and you're just like, wow, they are, I mean, now they're rich and stuff, but like, they're just everyday people. Oh, yeah. Like it's so crazy. Yeah. Anyone can be an Anybody. influencer. <laughs> really, truly. Honestly. Um, well, this was so awesome. I am so excited for people to kind of like, have this new perspective about storytelling and like building your audience and finding a way to, I guess, create content that's more sustainable. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think at the end of the day, that's like a huge struggle for people. It's like, how can I create something that I love creating that's consistent? I can consistently create because it's not like a struggle every time I go to create it Yes, and create something that is actually going to like evoke emotion you know, from my audience. Most definitely. 
I love it. So you guys can find all of Sky's information down in the show notes. And she actually has a new TikTok course, right? I do. It's called the TikTok Glow Up course. It just released. Well, it will be a couple weeks by then, but just a couple days ago. Yeah. (laughs) So what is like, what is the program like? I mean, I'm always curious too, because as someone who also creates courses and stuff, like I think it's so cool to see what everyone else is doing. Yeah. So it teaches everything from finding your niche, finding your why I'm very heavily on like that whole like slogan is actually like growing your, your social media in a sustainable way. So there's like tons of neat, yeah, niche stuff. What is your why? What are your passions? Then teaching just like the basics of TikTok in terms of like how you should use the green screen to storytell if that's the case, or how you should use duets right. and stitches to really engage your audience. And the whole goal of this so the, or of this course itself is to building a community and not just followers. And I feel like that's yes. the shift that we're trying to make right now is like how you're using the features on TikTok to not only just use them and like gain virality, but gain a community. And so because yes. the community is a sustainable way at the end, of, we're even talking about storytelling. Storytelling ties back to community and your audience and who you're tar- talking to. 100%. And so that's the goal of this course is to teach people how to do this so that no matter the amount of followers that they have, that they're not necessarily worried about that because they have a community that is engaged with them, that is here for whatever kind of content they post, that if the for you page in the algorithm isn't working for their benefit, (laughs) that they have a community that's going to come back to them. Like we said, we're looking them up. Like if you have an audience that's going to look you up on social media and you don't have to rely on algorithm. That's huge. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's huge. So, you know, that's really what the course is about. It goes through storytelling tactics. And then I do a lot of assessments in there and just like kind of like check-ins with people. Cause I think that's as important as a creator, you know, just checking in. How are you feeling? Not only how's your content performing, that's one thing, but how are you feeling about content? So it's a lot of, you know, information in there, but more so just helping creators define who they are, what they want to talk about their niche, if they have one and what their, who their community is. And, or if they don't have one, figuring that out within the course. Right. I love that. So all the information for the course will also be in the show notes. So you guys can go check it out. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank (laughs) you. All right. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Social Scoop brought to you by Your Social Mate, where we help entrepreneurial creators learn how to monetize and turn their online influence into a legitimate, profitable, and self-sustaining business. We hope you absolutely love this episode and come back every Tuesday for a new one. If you really enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review here and send us a DM to let us know your favorite part. We're an open book if you ever want to discuss episodes. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at KBOUSQ. We'll see you next week.